Hello, hello, good afternoon. So as uh, God just said, my name is Lee Klaskow, and I am Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Freight Transportation Logistics Analyst. Um, this is my disclaimer. Uh, my company uh, requires me to show this anytime I talk outside of the office. And uh, funny enough, my, my family are actually making me show this as well uh, when, I, when I talk outside of the house. Uh, you know, my uh, primary coverage at Bloomberg Intelligence, or BI, is uh, the, uh, the freight market. So I cover North America rails, trucking, 3PLs. On the global perspective, I cover marine shipping, as well as air freight. So I kind of look at everything. And uh, some of you might not be familiar with Bloomberg Intelligence, or BI. Uh, you know, we are Bloomberg's research arm, so I'm not a, a journalist or reporter. Uh, I'm an analyst. Um, we are a group of 280 analysts globally. We cover about 1,900 companies and about 135 uh, sectors globally. We have folks uh, all over the world, uh, Europe and uh, Asia and here and a, and a bunch of cities in the U.S. Uh, BI is, is exclusively available on the Bloomberg Terminal. You know, we kind of uh, created a unique uh, platform uh, that brings data and analytics all together in one place. Uh, and we have data from a lot of different uh, freight uh, folks. We have stuff from truckstop.com, truckloadrate.com, ATA, AAR, CAS, IANA, FTR, just to name a few. Uh, you know, if anyone's out there that's in the data business that's looking to kind of showcase their data onto financial professionals or decision makers, uh, please come uh, and talk to me after, after my, uh, my talk. So most of the charts I'm going to show to you today are from the Bloomberg Terminal. So uh, what, what I'm showing here is, is uh, U.S. GDP expectations, and as you can see, uh, things are, are not looking great. You know, we look at, uh, um, and this is consensus estimates. These are not my estimates, so it's Wall Street's estimates. Uh, and at BI, you know, we look at, uh, at things holistically from a top-down and a bottoms-up approach. Uh, from a bottoms-up approach, we look through financial documents, pretty exciting stuff, and we conduct channel checks, like talking to you folks out here today helps us better understand the market. And from a top-down approach, you know, we look at economic industry, geopolitical, uh, regulatory and demographic trends when looking at the freight transportation market. There are in, and as, as the chart illustrates, there's a lot more bad news uh, in, in the market than there is good news. Uh, and that's really uh, been driven by, uh, you know, President Trump's uh, global trade war um, and increased protectionism around the globe, which is really weighing on growth here in the U.S. and globally. You know, we believe that Brexit, a potential recession in Germany, and a slowing in growth in uh, China and the U.S. will weigh on consensus expectations. And, you know, expectations have come in for the second half of the year in the U.S., which really doesn't bode well for the first, for the full year. And it's really important to note that I said this is consensus estimate, this is Wall Street's estimates. Wall Street tends to be overly optimistic. So, you know, when you're looking at decelerating growth of 1.7%, my guess, if I'm invited here next year, uh, that number will probably be lower uh, than what we see today, and, and maybe we, we can talk about that. And, you know, that sounds like it's, uh, it's terrible. Oh, my God, the world's coming to an end. Uh, but the good news is that when things are really bad, they eventually uh, uh, inflect and they become better. So, you know, we believe that things are bottoming, uh, which is a good sign. There's a lot of things that have to happen within the, the freight markets for us to see an improvement. And, you know, I just want to talk about some of those things with you today. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we have a lot of data uh, on the terminal, uh, and we have a lot of partners. One of our partners is truckstop.com, which is here today uh, demoing their stuff. You know, we do a, a quarterly survey with them. 
uh, with their owner operators. And sentiment is at a, uh, at a low that we've never seen since we've been doing this, which I believe is about five or six years now. Um, you know, the outlook for uh, pricing, as you can see, only 31% uh, think that um, things are going to improve. And you just look that from sequentially, uh, from the second quarter of 2019, uh, that is, you know, uh, a 1,300 basis point uh, decline, which is, which is not good. Uh, and that's the lowest level that we've seen in the fourth quarter of 2015. And as most of you in the room probably remember, the pricing environment in fourth quarter of 2015 was not a good environment to be in. And so on the demand side, it's the same picture. You know, 42% expect uh, demand to increase over the next six months. Uh, and that is the lowest level since the third quarter of 2016. And again, if you remember in the third quarter of 2016, things weren't really good if you were a, a trucker. But they eventually turned in the, in the second half of 2017 and into 2018 uh, and created a really tight capacity market. Just anecdotally, um, uh, uh, flatbed carriers are, are more pessimistic than the dry van operators. So what, what this slide tells you is that uh, I'm good with PowerPoint and with, uh, with fonts. And it also is showing uh, expectations for earnings growth and earnings per share growth or EPS growth uh, over the next two years. So uh, as you can see, uh, you know, I highlighted in 2019, you can see earnings uh, growth from 2018 is decelerating. It's turning negative for the truckload and the uh, global integrated logistic providers, which is really... Um, uh, which is really FedEx, UPS, and Deutsche Post. Uh, and, and so you're seeing a decline. But if you look into 2020, 20, people are expecting a rebound. You know? And I know uh, there's a lot of focus on the trucking market here. So you can see you know, EPS growth of about 5% on 2% revenue growth. So what this uh, is, is a chart of, this is a chart of um, peer groups. Um, as it relates to uh, various subsegments of the market. And this is since January 1. It's, it's normalized from January 1 of 2018. And as you can see, you know, since the beginning of the year, a lot of these uh, indices have been making uh, somewhat of a, a comeback, a recovery, but they're still, uh, most of them are down from um, the beginning of 2018. Uh, and kind of the worst performers are the truckload space. They're only up 14%. You know, and that sounds great, up 14%. Like, I wish my pay was up 14% every year. Uh, but the reality is it's, it's off of uh, last year when they were down 39%. So they haven't even recovered of what they've been, and they're underperforming the S&P 500 this year, which is up 23%. Uh, and so the only uh, subsegments that are really outperforming the, the broader market, at least the ones that we cover, uh, focusing more, more or less on North America, is uh, the railroads and the LTL market. All right, so this is, uh, again, some data from our friends at truckstop.com. Up top is the MDI index, which measures relative supply and demand. Uh, that is down 28% this year. Obviously, it really faces some, some creamy highs, which you can see there in the first half of 2018, uh, and that was driven by uh, storm recovery efforts, ELDs, low unemployment, uh, a lot of things that drove into that really tight market that we, uh, that we saw. Uh, and then on the bottom, our rates, you know, rates are down uh, about uh, 17% uh, this year after rising about 7% uh, last year. Uh, and, and, and a lot of that has to do with a number of factors. You know, obviously demand is one of them. But a lot of people moved into the contractual markets uh, after the, the, uh, the spike in rates. So the spot markets, uh, in our view, has gotten smaller from a shipper demand perspective, but it's gotten larger from an operator perspective because a lot of uh, folks decided to get back into trucking in 2018 because the rates were so high. But, you know, unfortunately for them, the economics uh, that, uh, that go, the economics 
of that business model when they went into the market is no longer relevant because rates are down so much and costs are going up, whether it's insurance or fuel. And, you know, those are some uh, big drivers in terms of, you know, what's going on there. Um, this is a, uh, a seasonal chart uh, for um, trucking rates. And, um, or I'm sorry, not trucking, yeah, trucking rates. These are a seasonal chart for trucking rates. And as you can see, the light blue is this year. You know, we didn't really have the spike in the spring season, as, as many of you know. And, you know, as you can see, you know, towards the end of the year, there's a seasonal spike because of, uh, of, of the, uh, the peak season uh, for the holidays. You know, we're expecting a, uh, a meh kind of peak season, nothing special. Uh, probably pretty disappointing uh, to, to most truckers out there. Uh, and that's really being driven by the fact that currently, you know, inventories are high. They're higher than average. A lot of that had to do with the pull-through effect from the tariffs that we saw last year. Uh, and so, you know, we think that uh, we're, we're expecting a pretty muted peak season uh, in 2019. So this is the contractual market. Um, you know, the last data point that we have here uh, is from uh, September, obviously a, a, little, a, a little, little backward looking, uh, but this is from our friends at uh, truckloadrate.com. Uh, you know, and they fell about 1.3% um, or 1.5% in September. That was their second decline after 28 months of increases. Um, so, you know, what you're seeing is, you know, the rates kind of rolling over a little bit. They're up about 2% year to date through September. Uh, you know, we think that, you know, rates could be flat or slightly up uh, by the end of the year, uh, even when considering that, you know, a kind of a muted peak season uh, for, for, for uh, the fourth quarter of 2019. Um, so there's a, a couple more charts here uh, on the LTL space. The, the one on the left is the ISM Manufacturing Index. Uh, a reading below 50 uh, is, is a significant uh, number because it, it denotes a contraction in economic activity. Uh, and as you can see, over the last three months, since October, it's been in negative territory. Uh, this is, tends to be a leading indicator for the LTL market, all things be, uh, considered equal. So, you know, we expect the LTL market to continue to be negative. Uh, in the third quarter during earnings season, uh, most, of them, most of the public uh, folks uh, reported uh, mid-single-digit declines in tonnages and shipments. Um, some of the tonnage decline was uh, driven by a mix shift towards lighter shipments, given you know, more of them are getting into the B2C business, uh, and just the fact that e-commerce is driving more frequent lighter uh, pallets, um, even in the B2B markets. Um, and as you can see, uh, the less uh, than truckload uh, demand is, is really more tied uh, to, the, to, to, the, to the LTL demand. And that chart on the right is showing uh, the weight per workday for, uh, for some of the uh, publicly traded uh, LTL carriers. Uh, this is uh, data from uh, FTR, uh, which is also available on the Bloomberg terminal. Uh, and as you can see, you know, they're expecting uh, things to get better in terms of the driver shortage. Um, you know, we kind of take a, uh, uh, an opposite approach for that. You know, while obviously, you know, we're talking about too much capacity in the market uh, over the long term uh, due to demographics and some uh, new uh, um, laws going into place and more people using hair follicle testing, you know, we think that uh, the driver, the qualified driver availability will always be an issue for the market. Um, as, 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 as they're constrained by whether it's hair follicle testing, clearing houses for, uh, for alcohol and drug uh, testing, um, you know, a lot of carriers that do both uh, the mandated urinalysis test um, 
and the, the hair follicle test, they find that you know, 15 to 20% of the people that pass the urinalysis test uh, fail the hair follicle test. And there's not really good uh, legislation out there because obviously state by state, marijuana is legal, but from a, uh, from a federal and national standpoint, it's illegal. Uh, so if you're a truck driver and you know, you're in Denver and you're having a good time, uh, and then all of a sudden you have to take a drug test, uh-oh, you know, you, you, that can really follow you and, and, and hurt you, even though, you know, at the time you were doing something legal and you weren't doing it behind the wheel and you were doing it, you know, even a couple months uh, prior, to getting behind the, uh, prior to getting behind the wheel. So there's a lot of things that are going on, and also the demographics uh, are, are, are against it. Most of the drivers, as most of you know, are in their 50s. The younger folks aren't getting into the industry. Uh, it's all about work-life balance, and the, the trucking industry needs to figure that out. And they've tried, you know, with, with higher wages. Uh, you know, we've seen wages go up over the last three years, uh, which has been good for uh, the, uh, the men and women that drive trucks. Uh, but it's still, uh, you know, a difficult job. Uh, but obviously, it's a job that needs to be done. And because of all that, you know, we think that, you know, uh, uh, trucking companies will still have uh, a tough time uh, attracting, retaining drivers, and that's going to that's gonna cost them money as well to do so. So, um, you know, we're going to shift gears a little bit. So the weakness that we're seeing in, in the truckload market, you know, is tiring to uh, bleed into the LTL market, or I'm sorry, not the LTL market, the intermodal market. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter, volumes were down about um, 4%. In the fourth quarter, quarter to date, they're down about 6%, and year to date, they're down around 3%. I'm a numbers guy, so I'm sorry I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. Um, but so, you know, you're seeing the weakness uh, in, in the intermodal market. Uh, that hasn't been across the board. The Canadians, Canadian Pacific and Canadian National, are still uh, enjoying uh, intermodal growth. Uh, some of that's been domestic. Some of that's been uh, CN's exposure to uh, uh, Port-au-Prince Rupert. Uh, up in uh, Northwest Canada, kind of taking share from uh, the West Coast, which is hurting rails like Union Pacific. They're uh, getting hurt the most. Um, uh, their volumes are down around 12% um, quarter to date. So they're, they're kind of uh, getting impacted by the front-loaded tariff impact as well as the, um, uh, the impact from lost share from other ports and increased competition from trucking. Um, and, and that's showing up in the rates. Uh, this is uh, from our friends at Intech Freight. Uh, this is uh, intermodal spot rates. Uh, this is their kind of uh, generic um, barometer uh, for, for rates um, uh, nationally. And, and as you can see, you know, intermodal rates are out, down around 20% uh, this year uh, after increasing 35% last year. Uh, and in some in instances, we're, we're seeing that, you know, it's cheaper to, to ship something via truck only versus intermodal, which is, you know, uh, pretty crazy and just shows you how out of whack the spot market for the truckload market is and that capacity needs to get out, um, hopefully, um, sooner than later. So we look at the rails more broadly speaking. You know, I mentioned that you know year-to-date intermodals are down around three percent. So is total uh, commodity carloads. When you look at all the uh, uh, the commodities, chemicals uh, is the only one that's growing. That's up about four four uh, percent. And really, the reason that's been up is uh, crude by rail, which is up around fourteen percent. Um, uh, this year, and, and this is really being driven by uh, the demand in Canada. The leak that you might have saw in the, uh, in the news a couple weeks ago from the Keystone Pipeline is actually a good thing for uh, the railroads, obviously not a good thing for the environment, uh, but you know, that's going to uh, push more uh, crude by rail uh, onto, the onto their networks. Uh, and also you're seeing spreads widen 
uh, for different prices of fuel, which is actually beneficial to crude by rail. And the things that were like all great and awesome last year, like sand, frac sand, that's falling uh, off a cliff because um, you know most people are now uh, in Texas, they're sourcing their sand locally as opposed to nice long hauls from uh, Canada or, or Wisconsin. And then you had autos, which was really strong um, last year. They had a record in terms of automotive production. We're coming off those uh, due to a uh, weaker, uh, weaker consumer uh, and also just difficult comps. And then, um, you know, coal was actually a great growth driver for the industry for a number of years, uh, not a number of years, sorry, a number of quarters. And that was driven uh, in part by the export market. There were some supply issues in Australia. Uh, the, the U.S. dollar was weaker, and so it made uh, U.S. coal exports very competitive, and that really benefited the East Coast rails like CSX and NS. Uh, fast forward to now, difficult comps. Um, you know, uh, export coal was up around 20% in the fourth quarter of last year, so very difficult comps. You had a stronger dollar. That supply came back online, and so, uh, so, so it hasn't been good for the eastern rails. And you have the secular downturn in coal. Um, you know, there's more competition, obviously, uh, for cheaper alternatives like nat gas, uh, which the rails are, are kind of um, um, not really benefiting too much from. Um, you know, as, as some of the shippers and folks in, in the room uh, might know, uh, the, the rails have kind of all embraced uh, precision scheduling railroading, uh, PSR. Um, you've seen that in the, in, in the performance of the velocity and dwell time. Velocity has improved about 5% this year, while uh, dwell time has uh, improved uh, around 17%. Uh, these are all good things, but the reality is volumes are down a lot, and when volumes are down a lot, it's easier to improve your fluidity. So we don't really know uh, what the benefit is uh, for the rails from PSR. I mean, you're seeing it in their earnings. Uh, on average, their operating ratio dropped uh, 150 basis points or improved 150 basis points. Uh, so they're, they're doing something right. The rails have actually historically been very good um, you know, in times of declining volumes to uh, control costs because a lot of their expenses are, are variable, labor, fuel, uh, equipment rentals, uh, and so forth. Um, that, uh, that's my prepared remarks. Uh, I have uh, a minute 30. I, I'm happy to take questions. This is a wait, uh, I was told it was a wave talk, so we can wave at each other. Uh, or you guys can do the wave, um, or, or, or not. Uh, does anyone have any questions? All right, well, uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. Take care.